Welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. Um, I'm Stella. For those of you who are new, uh, I am also recording live on Instagram. And um, so I, we're like episode 71 or something on the podcast. Um, but I was talking about uh, fostering a dog. And uh, so she's the owner of the Airbnb and the property um, breeds Staffordshire Bull Terriers. And I have one who's staying with me. And she is precious and awesome. Um, but I've been doing some processing and writing for the last few days uh, on abandonment. And I thought I'd come on and talk about it as I continue to process. Um, it's kind of a weird day. Today is my dad's 77th birthday. Um, he died when I was 16 and he was 43. So I have lived more of my life without him than with him. And so it's interesting that I was talking about abandonment or I was going to talk about abandonment today because uh, that was like the first abandonment wound that, um, you know, spurred the codependency track for me or one of them. Um, but abandonment is interesting. Um, yeah, he was young and I was young and everybody was young. There was a time when we were young. <laughs> But it's hard to imagine, like, you know, I am older than he ever was. And so uh, that's a weird thing to think about. Um, I remember when I turned 44, a year older than he ever was, uh, I got a tattoo uh, kind of commemorating his life, a, you know, tribute tattoo. And uh, it was like a weird alternative reality situation being older than he ever was, like to have experienced a whole nother year. And now, you know, as I head into 50, um, it's kind of a strange thing to think about. But um, there's all this like legacy that has happened um, in the last 30 plus years that uh, he's completely unaware of. So um, kind of a strange way to think about life as you continue to move forward and consider that the people um, that, you know, are theoretically supposed to be there aren't there anymore. Um, so it it definitely has contributed to a lot of the ways that I think about things, especially uh, as I think about relationships and people close to me. And, um, you know, as you develop as a, as a young person, thinking that your parents are going to live forever and then they don't, like that kind of fucks with your head. Um, but it definitely creates this fear or this awareness. I know for myself, um, there was some hard and fast uh, formulation of connection um, specific to like men in general. But I remember thinking at 16, 17, 18, that like that men leave. Right. And uh, obviously my dad didn't choose like, it was an accident. It happened. Um, but it was a, a thought that like formed in my head and kind of calcified. Um, and so it really helped formulate like how I thought about um, relationships with men, any kind of men, but just men in general, uh, that men leave. And so that was kind of a nugget that stuck. And then, you know, as I say, calcified, like it grew this hard shell that, um, definitely influenced how I saw relationships with 
other people and people that are, again, supposed to be there or supposed to be around. Um, and then specific to men, either romantic partners or just in general. Um, but there was this nugget that, you know, I, I talk a lot about um, wounding as these small injuries. Um, and so there's been a lot of like on social media talking about how trauma is not just like a, a terrible thing that happens, though it is, um, it's just a general wounding. And so a lot of us have had trauma in a lot of different ways over time. And um, I don't want to cover the microphone, uh, <laughs> but it forms these ideas or beliefs in how we see the world every time we sustain some kind of injuring or injury. And uh, so, you know, talking about the loss of my dad uh, created this wound, right? And for wounds in general, like our bodies are tremendous and amazing in, in our ability to heal. Um, and so, you know, we may have, you know, a scrape or, or a bruise or something, and it doesn't leave a lasting mark, but some deeper wounds do leave lasting marks. And so as I think about being a 16 year old, you know, just kind of starting to, um, you know, have first loves and have first relationships, and then this significant wounding happens, um, that wound kind of got a little, you know, not just like scarred over, but it lasted a long time. And uh, a couple of years later, I lost uh, my first boyfriend, kind of significant relationship. And so that, again, re-injured that wound and, and made me really think about how men leave. Um, and this is not like a man-hating podcast or in any way, like I love men. I think they're great, um, as Cher does. She <laughs> This video of thinking, I love men. Men are great. Um, and so I, anyway, um, that idea of wounding and um, abandonment kind of go hand, hand in hand. Um, specific to codependency, a lot of times we're doing all these extra things to have people stick around, right? We want their acceptance and validation, their love. Um, and so when we have that kind of a wound, especially one that doesn't heal well, um, you know, it's not cleaned out, it's not really addressed, it just kind of scars over and, you know, maybe leaves like a longer lasting injury. It, it's a thought process. And I, you know, like I said, that, that wound, that little nugget of, of an injury kind of calcified and, um, I'm trying to think of the way a scar forms, like, you know, cause the, the pieces come back together, but sometimes, you know, they come back together with extra cells and like extra stuff um, and leave a, a more significant scar. And so these two significant losses when I was younger left that significant scar and that fear that I could be left, right? Left behind. Um, and it's our nature as human beings to want connection. Um, in, in all kinds of ways. And so, you know, I think a lot about attachment style, uh, which I've talked about in the podcast before, thinking about, you know, secure attachment, feeling like, you know, you're there and I'm here and, and we are going to see each other and we're going to talk and we're going to be around and be each other's lives. Um, and there's a trust that goes with that. But if you have a wounding or, you know, and a fear of people leaving, 
it's really difficult to form a secure attachment. You'll probably form an anxious attachment, or if not an avoidant attachment, or in my case, uh, anxious and avoidant, a disorganized attachment. Um, so if you've got this thought or this limiting belief that men leave, um, you're going to either avoid that concept because you don't want to be left, or um, you're going to hold on really tight and, you know, potentially suffocate the other person <laughs> because you're terrified that they're going to leave. Um, and like I said, specific to codependency, like we are wanting to have that connection. The root of codependency, that over-empathizing with somebody else's feelings, um, is also really kind of, it can be messy when we have that abandoning wound or that, that abandonment, like that fear that we will be abandoned we don't, that's an awful feeling. So we don't want to abandon other people. So we hold on really tight to them. Um, probably to, to a detriment, uh, both to yourself and to other people. So really thinking about for myself, those initial woundings or those initial things that happened, um, created some limiting beliefs, created some challenges in how I attach to other people. Um, definitely makes me or has made me in the past uh, hold on super tight or avoid completely. So that attachment piece of uh, anxious or avoidant is, you know, it's pretty insidious when you think about it. Um, because like for my friends, for people in my life in general, I tend to be the kind of person who uh, gives 100%. I invest a lot of time, I invest a lot of energy because I want to, not because I'm, you know, afraid, but if there's any kind of conflict or there's any kind of potential for abandonment, uh, that triggers my codependency. And then I'm like doing extra stuff and I'm really trying extra hard to like hold on to people. Um, and so I think about that in terms of clients is we invest a lot of time and energy into our relationships. And when we do that, um, you know, without consciously thinking of all the, you know, the investment that I'm putting in another person, that time and that energy then has value and worth. And so if something isn't working out and, you know, the thought of leaving it or breaking up or ending a relationship often will create that fear of, aban of abandonment, either of abandoning them or, you know, being abandoned. And that's a, it's a, it's a gross feeling to think, well, you know, fuck it, I'm out of here. Like, I don't want to do this. And some of us are really good at cutting people off. Um, I've definitely gotten better at it. Um, but it is one of those things where you think about how you invest all this time and energy into another person or into your relationships. And, you know, the, the motivating factors being like, I want people in my life. We are driven by our human nature to connect and um, you know, in the animal kingdom, there's only a few kind of animals that connect for life, um, not just in a mating way, but like in a community way. A lot of times, a lot of animals are, are very independent and solo acting like they don't, you know, even with their young, they, you know, give birth to them and they're just like, you're good. OK, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> so it's really interesting to think about like animals that travel in pods or packs or you know, all of the different ways that they interact. Whereas human beings, we don't do well by ourselves. Um, and, you know, we give birth to very needy, dependent animals. 
uh, and they are not capable of taking care of themselves. And so that parenting bond is really important, not just in a logistical way, uh, because tiny humans can't take care of themselves, but in a very specific way that, um, you know, we create this dependency or they are dependent on us. Um, but oftentimes, you know, we want to stick around and be there and, and raise them. And we've got this investment of time and energy and all the things. So those first formations of relationships are super important. Um, for those of us just joining, uh, talking about the fact that I lost my dad when I was 16. Um, and so how that formed this little nugget of wounding, of damage to my perception of you know, joining and attachment in the world. And so, you know, as, as we, we clinicians, <laughs> you know, when we're working with clients, we talk not a lot, spend time looking at the family of origin and any wounding that happens there in terms of how you feel about your place in the world and how you feel about uh, your connection to other human beings. So when there is damage to that, you know, formation of perception of connection, um, then there's behavior that follows that. Uh, and so really thinking about how fear motivates us oftentimes to either overconnect or just like really attach and, and hold on forever or not attach at all because there's that fear that I will be hurt. There will be a wound. I could potentially be damaged by this relationship. And so I will avoid it at all costs. Um, and, you know, like I've mentioned, I've done both. Uh, I'm doing better now of just like showing up and, and doing what I need to do and, and being present in the way that I like to be um, and then not holding on to the attachment of the outcome or the potential. But that abandonment wound is significant. And as I think about, you know, previous clients and previous um, working with people, really thinking about where that abandonment wound happens. Um, and oftentimes I will talk to clients and we'll do like a timeline exercise of significant relationships and significant changes in those relationships and the kind of how that formulated your decision-making or your behavior um, as it relates to kind of where you are today. And so I think about the relationships that I've had, both romantic and otherwise, um, and how and I've talked before on the podcast about how my toxic type or the kind of uh, people that I'm attached to or really like are emotionally unavailable. Part of that is um, because then I can manage the relationship better if I recognize that if they're emotionally unavailable, they're not attaching to me, they're not really investing, so I can you know, detach more easily. I don't detach easily. I have this thought in my head of like, oh, I'm just not going to be attached. That's not true. I get very attached and, um, and like we all do, right? So there's, there's this conflicting idea or dichotomous idea of opposite sides of, I really want to be attached, but I also am super afraid. And so I'm either going to, like I said, hold on really tight and always have this fear in the back of my head of like, when are you going to leave or what's going to happen? Or I'm not going to attach at all, and I'm going to have, you know, tangential relationships that don't really have a lot of meaning. Um, and so that fear of abandonment is a pretty significant wounding. And it does definitely trigger a lot of the codependent stuff where you're wanting to do extra things to feel valued 
and seen and, and accepted by other people. <clears throat> and it can be anywhere from like, you know, like we've talked about romantic relationships, friends, coworkers, other family members. But if you have that wounding, you know, you're going to probably tolerate a lot more things than you would normally tolerate if you didn't have the wounding. Um, and so there's lots of people who are securely attached. There's lots of people who, you know, don't necessarily have those feelings at the beginning, right? Um, but the longer you live on the planet and the more relationships you have with other humans, you'll likely experience some kind of abandoning. Um, and when you have that detachment, um, that disconnect from community or individuals or family or groups or whatever... Uh, it creates, you know, some unhelpful thoughts that then you want to rectify or you want to avoid having that abandonment feeling. Um, I did some EMDR a long time ago. I do not practice EMDR. Uh, it's eye movement reprocessing and desensitization. Desensitization. Um, but anyway, uh, I had some... I did, I had abandoned or I felt as though I abandoned my siblings when I left home. Um, and it created this unhelpful thought that, um, you know, I am somehow a terrible person because I left and I was significantly older than them, uh, but I left them in kind of a shitty situation. So it definitely was another piece of that abandonment where I abandoned them and, Consequently, you know, it, it made me a bad sibling or a bad person, um, and it contributed to the asshole in my head that was like, you know, you're a terrible person because you've done these things. Um, so I did the EMDR with a, a really great therapist that I had a long time ago, and part of what she helped me do was to recognize that at 18, it was actually my job to leave. Like, I, I was saving myself and taking care of what I needed to take care of. Um, and so it doesn't affect me as deeply as it did at the time. Um, but changing that narrative from I am a terrible person, I abandoned these people to I was taking care of myself and I did what I needed to do at the time. As an 18 year old, you know, who's going off to college or going off to, uh, you know, explore the world or whatever I was doing, I was doing both, but um, I was able to let go of that thought that I'm a terrible person because I abandoned my siblings in this situation. Um, and that was helpful at the time. Um, but there's a lot of work to be done even now when I think about um, the challenges that I've had with that abandonment wound. Um, as I did my meditation this morning, I really had to work on being accepting of that reality and, um, you know, sitting in the space of it just wasn't my story that I got to have a dad that lived long enough to see where I'm at and what I'm doing. Um, the emotions are happening again. Welcome to the emotions. Um, and apparently my dog is recognizing that that's a thing. She's new to the emotions <laughs> that happened on the podcast, but um, it doesn't change my worth or value that I didn't have that experience. Um, it just made me different. It made me strong and all the things. And I've talked before about how being strong isn't always like the most helpful experience. 
because those of us who are really strong and have gotten through all of these things, some of us are just tired and we don't want to have to be strong all the time. Um, but I was meditating and really, bless you, recognizing that um, that just wasn't my story. But I was able to have all of these other connections um, throughout my life that have given me these opportunities to then use that information um, to work with clients. And had I not had those experiences, I wouldn't be able to have the same amount of empathy and understanding of what that feels like to have these significant losses. Um, it's lovely that she decided to have some water right now, <laughs> right in the middle of the podcast. Um, but I'm grateful, right? I'm grateful that I did get the time that I had, um, 16 years longer than all of my siblings. Cause you know, they were all younger. Um, but I'm, I'm grateful to have had that experience. Um, and so I can switch it now in my head from all men leave and I will be left to really having gratitude for the time that you get and um, being able to let go of those places where it's still tender sometimes. Um, I like to think that, you know, I'm fine and evolved and I'm, you know, super healed. Um, no, I'm not. I'm like healing constantly in the process of reprocessing things, um, which is really helpful. Like, you have an opportunity to get some EMDR, it's probably going to be a life-changing situation. There's lots of great practitioners um, who can help you to reprocess those memories and feelings. Um, in the last couple of podcasts, I've talked about uh, recontextualizing or changing the narrative because a lot of us have really hard calcified narratives um, of unhelpful thoughts and beliefs that this is just how it's going to be. Um, but what I know to be true, both as a practitioner and as just a human being, is that we can change the context of the memory and of those feelings so that it's not always that injury that's kind of calcified and that it is the only truth, right? So specific to, you know, these woundings, I recognize that even though I've lived longer without my dad <clears throat> than I lived with him, I did have time with him, which was amazing. And it lasted. Um, and those memories live. So I don't just focus on the loss. I focus on all of the different ways that he's still here with me. Um, and not in a creepy ghost way, uh, though that did happen. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, really part of why I come and, you know, talk about these things, even though the feelings happen, is that it's it's very relevant and pertinent to how codependency works and what triggers it. And so when we have that fear that someone will leave us, um, we are doing all these extra things to hold on to those relationships, even when they're not great, even though they don't work. And we tolerate a lot of behavior that isn't super helpful because of that fear. When you can recontextualize it and recognize that sometimes losing some relationships are probably better for you, uh, or at least having boundaries around them, and that your worth and value is not dictated by those relationships, it can actually be a lot more helpful to create a healthy connection with other people. Um, and so, 
you know, oftentimes I talk about avoidance, right? So conflict avoidant is a significant piece of codependency uh, because we don't want to fight with people uh, because they won't love us anymore. They won't be around or they aren't going to, you know, come to whatever event or whatever. Um, when we can detach from that fear, when we can recognize that everybody gets to choose, like this is where I end and that's where you start and this is a me problem and that's a you problem. Um, it does change then how we interact with people. And so I come on here, you know, to the podcast and uh, to have feelings on Instagram um, because it's very raw and real. And it's also really important to recognize that even now, like I can still have feelings about something, but my boundaries are important and having the relationships in my life, um, even though they will end, all of them, all relationships end, uh, or change or transmute or evolve. Um, I don't have that fear anymore. I don't have that fear that I will be left by myself, abandoned by the people that I care about um, or the people that care about me. Even though that was for a long time, a big part of my reality. Um, and so I come on here to talk about those things. And I, I do the podcast regularly because it's part of, you know, the, the stuff that I'm writing and processing um, because we all have them. This is not a unique to Stella situation. This is a ubiquitous kind of everybody experiences these things, maybe not to the level and degree that I do, um, but it definitely informs how we attach to other people and how we behave uh, to be able to maintain those connections. I think that oftentimes, you know, there are lots of people who you know, use social media as a platform to validate um, themselves, but also to validate other people and to give people information um, because it's relevant to their experience, but it's also relevant to the human experience. Uh, social media is a weird place to, um, when you think about it from like an external perspective, because there's a lot of quick validation. Um, and I've talked to clients in the past about how um, it is fine to you know utilize this platform and I I obviously I'm here um but it's not the same as connecting with a person in real life and spending time with them um and even if those people change you know because they do over time um having real interactions with human beings is like the purest form of connection uh your mirror neurons do better your um you get that oxytocin hit, like there's a lot of really valuable information that comes from spending time with people, um, both one-on-one -on -one and in a group. And so um, I know I've talked about it before, but being here and traveling and not having my people close to me has definitely been challenging. Um, I spend time with uh, people on video or, you know, phone calls and text messages all day long. Um, but it is not the same. Right. And so um, I'm grateful to have uh, little Rosie here, which I cannot show you her right now. She's actually bigger than just jumping up on my lap. Um, but to have that connection with people, it's very validating. It makes me feel better. It gives me a little hit of oxytocin, a little dopamine and serotonin, um, you know, to get through the times when it's it's more difficult and challenging. Um, and so even though that abandonment wound happened when I was younger, um, it's always healing. It's always something that I have to be aware of or address consistently 
so that I'm not doing those, you know, unhelpful codependency things where, you know, I'm avoiding conflict or I'm, you know, not honoring myself or not loving myself better to be able to get through them. And I think it's important to to really recognize for you guys, you know, what are those relationships that trigger that abandonment wounding for you? Um, and so the, the next piece or the kind of final piece to think about is, are you abandoning yourself, your own needs, your own worth, your own value to stay in a relationship because you have that fear? I know that for myself, I abandoned a lot of parts of me in different relationships uh, because I was afraid. I was afraid that I was going to be disappointing someone or that I was going to lose them or that I wasn't going to have, you know, people in my life, which is not true, but that's part of the fear. That fear that we will not have connections or relationships. And so we'll just tolerate, you know, and I abandon parts of myself just to be able to, to maintain some semblance of connection in that fear that if I don't do these things, if I don't, you know, if I create conflict, if I have a differing opinion, if I want something other than what they want, then they'll leave. And then I will be stuck with that pain or that feeling that I'm not worth, you know, love, attention, affection, whatever it is. Um, and so, so the, the thought of one, I could be abandoned Two, I'm abandoning someone else or three, I am abandoning myself. Like at the end of the day, I don't want to abandon myself. Not anymore. Once I have really spent time getting to know this human that I am, um, I don't want to abandon me. I like being who I am. I, you know, I have needs. I have wants. I have, you know, desires. I'm funny. You know, ask the dog. She thinks I'm hilarious. Um, but I don't want to give up on who I am to be able to have connection. And that's not to say that, you know, I'm enough because I am enough on my own, but I also want to have connection and I want to have genuine, real connection with people who actually care about me for who I am and how I show up. I want to have connection with people who see me, all of the parts of me, even, you know, whatever ridiculous cry face I make (laughs) on Instagram or wherever else I make the crying face. Um, but people who see you and actually want to spend time getting to know you, who want to see the messy parts and the gross parts and the weird parts and, you know, all the parts, um, that's actual connection. And so, you know, a lot of us have a finely curated persona or the the kind of person that, you know, we want people to perceive um, and it's very crafted and, you know, it's very regimented. And even I have a professional, I know it's hard to imagine, but a professional part of me, um, she still says fuck, let's be honest. But um, I want people to see all of who I am. And so I've integrated all of those parts to genuinely show up and be who I am. And if you don't like it, that's okay. Like, you don't have to be here. Um but I really appreciate when people are, and I really appreciate when they engage, and I really appreciate when they listen. And I hope that they, you know, that people get something from me doing this podcast and, and me doing the videos. Um, I have gotten some great feedback from uh, both people I know and people I don't who are engaged with this process. As I continue to write things um, specific to codependency, specific to um, loving you better, and 
uh, specific to detachment, it's really helpful for me to know that I'm making an impact, even though I don't have the same impact that I had before, uh, you know, where I was seeing five or six clients a day and um, doing one-on-one. So I'm grateful for everyone that participates in, you know, either watching this live or watching it later, um, who listens to the podcast. And um, if you're getting something from it, please let me know, like that would be helpful. Um, I did get information on the lost bag or the bag that is not in my possession. Uh, no, it's not found. Um, but at least I'm engaging with the uh, the airlines and, and um, with the insurance that I happened to buy, I didn't even realize covered my bag. So um, that's positive. Um, I'm enjoying winter in Ireland. Uh, I'm enjoying having Rosie and, and just, you know, getting to spend time with another living being. Um, and I appreciate, you know, those of you who have have decided to watch today and they're getting something from this. I'm going to end the video. I'm going to end the podcast. I'll probably be on next Friday as we head into holiday season. Check your holiday tools and um, really recognize that your accountability buddy is someone that you can use all the time. Um, and, you know, I hope you're there for each other and, and you're enjoying the season. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. All right, we have ended the video um, on Instagram. You can go back and check that out. Watch me cry and make all kinds of weird faces. Um, but we appreciate you listening um, and engaging. And like I said, if you're getting something positive from this, definitely let me know. You can reach me at lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. You can reach me on Instagram, luna underscore x2 underscore lsc check out my website there are links in all of my bios and i will talk to you guys soon take care